Welcome to this issue of the podcast. My name is Richard Smith. You can find out more about me over at therichardsmith.com. Hi, yeah, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world listening to this. Richard Smith here with a special, a special 2019 um, production of the podcast. Today, very, very simple subject. Want to be talking to you. Want to be? I'm going to be talking to you about this whole retail situation. If you're a retailer, if you own a shop, if you sell anything, then this is for you. I am um, the doom mongers were out before Christmas, as they they normally are, letting us know that um, retail is um, history. If you're a retailer of any description if you're selling anything then it's all doom and gloom you're not going to survive the high street's not so good our business rates are going to screw you into the floor and there is some truth in that but as always it's a you know a little bit of bs i'm going to try not to swear in this podcast although i can't guarantee that but you know, it's 2019, if you're a retailer, if you've got a high street shop, if you've got a, a business that sells anything, what what are the issues? What is it you can do? And I I want to, I, I want to add some value to this. I, I, I've got a vested interest. I've just rolled out a, a very simple retail product, an online and e-commerce option. Uh, but I that wasn't the that wasn't the driver or, or the, the the problems with retail are not the drivers. I just feel that um, there's a gap in the market, a massive gap in the market for a low cost, fully controllable e commerce platform. But that's not what this is about. This is about um, me giving you some solid guidance in order to move your retail your your retail business forward or any business you've currently got. So. Let's consider this in a you know bullet point format. I'm going to talk about um, a handful of things, but the first thing I'm going to talk about is the environment. Now, if you're running any, if you're selling anything, you need to create what what the industry calls or what or what the marketers call a a buying environment. And re- realistically, what is that? What's that like for you? What does that What does that mean? What have you What have you specifically done in order to? create an environment that's conducive to making sales as you know full well if you walk into most high street stores uh, the staff are bloody miserable everyone's got a surly face on no one really wants to be there and they certainly don't want to be serving you and that's a problem because for me and i'm sure from your point of view as a consumer the last thing you want is to walk into a shop and see a load of miserable faces with people that really you know cba as far as you're concerned so you need to look at that and look at that very carefully and make sure that what you're creating is you know, and what, you, what you're offering is something that actually makes a bit of sense. And if that means you've got to get rid of a few bodies uh, in order to bring some new staff in that are going to be positive and happy to sell. You know, if you walk into a reasonable restaurant and the maitre d's there with a smile on his face, or if you walk into a bar and there's a barman or a barmaid that's got a smile on their face, and wants to have a conversation with you, you immediately feel at ease. You immediately feel like this is a place that, that you could eat, that you could have a drink, or this is the kind of place you could do business. Even if the products don't quite stack up, even if they don't match exactly what it is you're looking for, you'll take a view on that. And if the service is good, if someone's happy to... And I don't understand. What's the point of being effing miserable? You know, what, why start? Why do staff walk around with the raving up? If they don't want to do the job, go and, you know, go and move on. 
but also at the same time when you're looking at that 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 environment the environment you're creating um, what 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 needs creating? What needs adding to it? What can you do in order to make uh, the experience a bit better for your customers? Does that mean that you've got to be creating a late night opening? Does that mean you've got to do an early morning opening? Does that mean mean that you've got to bring some more products in or some simple products? What what is that? Just taking some time out to think about exactly what needs to be created in order to make sure that the environment you've you're working with is the best it can be. And if we look at what Next are doing, which I think is really quite interesting, although I'm not, not convinced it's the right way forward, but it's certainly something to think about, is that you know, if you walk into a Next branch, you've got, uh, you know, normally got a Costa in there. I think they did have Starbucks at one time, but they've obviously negotiated a deal with Costa, so you can go there for a coffee. Um, you know, they've got Paper Chase in there, which is, you know, I like Paper Chase. I'm a bit of a freak in relation to, you know, pens and having stuff to write on. Um, but they've also got Virgin. Uh, so they're creating a whole retail environment so that you can walk in there and have a bit of an experience. And of course, Costa, sorry, Next are hoping that you're actually going to buy something from them, which you know, is a, is a good thing. That's what they're there to do. They're there to sell clothing. And of course, you know, they're obviously be taking a small, a small, you know, commission from the likes of Paper Chase and from the likes of Virgin, and I'm sure from Costa. So creating this experience, this shopping experience, is this, is this something you need to do? It may mean, of course, that you want to take your retail outlet and put that inside, you know, Put that. Put yours inside a Costa. Put yours inside a Next. Put yours inside a Courage PC World. Wherever it happens to be, if you've got a, you know, a, a, some sort of, you know, cross cross marketing, cross fertilization, you can do. Then why shouldn't you? So don't dismiss this stuff just because the big boys, big boys are doing it, doesn't mean that the small boys can't do it as well. As a retailer, you need to be making it easy, providing online and offline, or offline to online making sure that you've got click and collect, paid in advance and unpaid click and collect, you know, a couple of the car parts sellers actually make make a, a lot of sales based on the click and collect model, the unpaid click and collect model, because it means that you can click on your order, put it in there and pick it up within two days. If you change your mind, it's not an issue, but, but you do know that the item is there waiting for you. And a lot of the web designers will quote ten or fifteen or twenty thousand pounds to put in place this simple stuff, but it's actually very, very straightforward to be able to do, obviously once you know how to do it. This whole thing about online lists, if you go to Amazon, Amazon allows you to set up a wish list or a birthday list or a say for later list or an email reminder list or a report repeat order list. Um very few other retailers are allowed to do that. It's something that, that you should be doing because what happens is is that a customer will um, maybe look at what your offer is now, look at the products you're providing. They may walk, work in, walk in store and see something they kind of like but are not sure about, giving them the opportunity to go back and to be able to order it online or to be able to hold it in their account so they remember that what it is they wanted. Makes perfect sense. So, you know, don't ignore these wish lists and birthday lists. And you say, you know, Debenhams and a couple of the other larger retailers used to do this with wedding lists or engagement lists. Um, now, well, why can't you do that for a birthday list? Why, why can't I have that for a for just a wish list? And you know, from my point of view, and I know I'm I'm not normal, but yeah, what's normal? I hear you saying. But from your point of view as a retailer, saying, well, well, if if someone walks in your shop and sees something they like, 
a widget. They see a widget and, and decide not to buy it now. For whatever reason, they decide not to buy it now. Being able to provide them with the facility to click on a, on a button within your website to save that uh, as a wish list that, that could be picked up on their birthday, could be picked up on, on, a, on a, for a Christmas present. The bottom line is these little things will, will allow you to make more sales. We've also got the option of coming soon. Products that you've got coming in store, you know, next week, next month. Promoting those using social media, promoting them online, promoting them offline will allow, you know, pre-orders to be made. Budget payments and lay-down plans. Now, people laugh at me when I say this, but I've got a couple of clients that are doing very well with this, particularly on the larger, the larger items. So let's say you've got a, you know, an item in your shop at three or four hundred pounds or five hundred pounds. A lay-down plan will offer, you know, an instalment instalment arrangement for that. That that uh, you know, your consumer, your client, can actually pay for that in advance over a series of weeks or months, so that you know they don't take it away immediately. They don't take it away when they're paid for it. Exactly the same with budget payments. You know, we pay for our car insurances and all of our other stuff on a monthly basis. Well, well, there's no reason why you can't be offering that to your customers. It's relatively straightforward now with the systems. He says laughingly, all these things are pretty straightforward according to me, but you know, with a little bit of jiggery-pokery, it's possible to have these things in place. Lay-down plans, I know it's so bloody old and I know it's so bloody American, but lay-down plans actually work for the larger purchases. But let's go back a stage. If you're a kitchen fitter or, um, or a double glazing installer or a... You know, whatever it is, the lumpier item stuff, a builder doing, you know, 15, 20 and 30,000 extensions. To be able to give your client the option to pay for that over a period of months as the work is done on a, on a direct debit type facility means you don't have to keep chasing money. It's another bit of stress you don't have to worry about. You put it on direct debit, you, you collect, you know, divide the uh, the cost of the project up by the, by the, by the, by the amount of the job. And, you know, over a period of months, your money's... Well, that would transform your cash flow. Just to, you know, if you want to put that out there, it's something you, you can do. Use of vouchers. For those of you that have been across my website, you'll know full well I rant and rave about um, uh, Groupon and Woucher and how this doesn't make any sense. But from your point of view, as a small retailer, being able to use the voucher model to be able to sell vouchers, and again... What you're looking to do is, rather than just hardcore selling, you're looking to have a conversation with your potential customers. We're all in blooming sales. We're all trying to sell something. We've all got something to offer. And the idea from your point of view is being able to have that conversation without without being all salesy. Selling vouchers and having conversations about vouchers using the social media platforms would allow your business to start to raise its profile. And as I said, if your web designer or your web expert can't help with any of these, get in touch, ideally, before you go out of business, because a lot of this stuff is quite easy to implement. So on this here whole issue of engagement, social sharing, let me put my teeth back in, social sharing and influencer marketing. All of the big players are using influencer marketing. All of the big players are tying up with you know people that have got 10 or 20 or 30 or 40,000 or a million followers and they're using that for product placement. I'll be honest with you, I think it's a little bit, a little bit, um, I don't know, I just, this is a strange thing about it, but it works. So, so if there's a fit there for your business, if you think that that particular influencer 
can give you access to a market that fits for your products. There's no reason why you shouldn't use it, but there are tips and tricks you need to do. You need, you, if you're going to use the influencer marketing, you need to make sure the arrangement you put in place makes sense. But you also need to make sure that you start to collect the client data so that you own the data rather than that being owned by by the influencer. That's vitally important. With all of your marketing, you know, being able to collect client information and having that stored in a safe place means that you've always got something to go on. And I'll come back to that in a second. But on this other issue about engagement, what is it? So what what is it you stand for as a business owner? What what is it? What is it you do? What is it? Is it you know, you know a quality product? Is it a bespoke product? Is it a product that is that is only available through you? Is it one that's made by South American Indians? Is it one that's that's uh, I don't know what, what what is it about you? What why do you do it? What is it you stand for? You know, an example of this is green topics. You know, if you are a business that, that insists on being environmentally friendly, you know, you can start to use that use that that thing you stand for to provide dedicated contact to get um, to start to get PR to start to look at dedicated influencers but working out what it is you stand for is something that makes perfect sense especially as most of the marketplace we look at is all grey it is all grey everyone looks the same everyone's saying the same thing by me by me by me by me cheapest you know best price etc etc no one's actually trying to differentiate themselves those that do you know, if you look at Body Shop, for example, only sells body stuff. Um, there are loads of things, loads of little things you can do in order to be able to put yourself out there. More importantly, if um, you're looking to negotiate with other trade partnerships, perhaps for joint ventures, perhaps to get articles in magazines, perhaps working with charities, perhaps working with friends and family, refer a friend type scheme, standing for something makes a lot of sense because it will allow a third party an existing customer of yours to refer people to you based on what it is you stand for more importantly going back to the joint ventures if you're a uh, a green whole green retailer of of uh, environmentally friendly clothing it's another topic that's you know on the agenda following on from stacy dooley's show a couple of weeks ago about how ungreen the clothing industry is but if you're a green clothing manufacturer or retailer that will allow you to have a conversation with a um, uh, with a, a green electricity company with a with a, a, a green transport company with a, a green motor manufacturer so there are joint venture opportunities where you can cross market to like-minded people very powerful and simple tools you do but you do need to stand for something and you do need to put yourself out there and i and i keep coming on to this i keep saying it time and time again but things are not really working like they once were and changes are coming whether you like it or not and the key for you is this you know do you want to be a facilitator of change or do you want to be the victim of it because if you're going to be a bloody victim of it then that's where you are you'll be looking at your existing business and it's could be struggling it could certainly not be doing all of the things it could be doing and this is about you know the reason we have a business is because we enjoy the lifestyle we want the freedom but as you know full well sometimes in business it's not always like that it is a bit of a struggle and it's possible to certainly start to make it easier going back to this issue about the local barmaid or barman again customers want to feel good do you want to make it easy for them or hard you know 
having having the environment which makes customers smile is a very powerful thing. But again, look around at some of the, some of the retail environments. Go and do some shopping yourself. Have a look around. Staff are bloody miserable. They are bloody unhelpful. It's rare. It's rare that um, uh, you you're, you're going to walk into a, a shop or a retail organisation and be bowled over by the level of service. But an interesting one on that, there was a documentary a couple of weeks ago, I watched it on one of the obscure sort of catch-up channels, but it was uh, originally done by Channel 5, I think, about Liberty of London, and how the staff with Inside Liberty, I don't know it's a top-end store, I know it's an, you know, an upmarket store, but you can start to use some of the principles, but the staff in there all understood that there needs to be a level of engagement, a level of follow-up with their customers. So they were collecting client data and they were building relationships by personal phone calls and personal notes and uh, probably emails and follow-up because it's vitally important that you're able to do that with your customers. It's vitally important that you let them know that you are there for them. You let them know that you've got you know, X, Y, Z in stock that they might be interested in because they want to feel part of, they want to feel, want to feel loved. They want to feel, they want to be loved. It's just so... This whole dating thing, I, you know, I was talking about this a lot, where, you know, this whole sex on a first, the first date thing, it, it doesn't happen. You, you need to have a relationship with the person. You need to be, a, there needs to be a level of engagement before you have sex. That's the way it works. You know, and, and if it does happen on a first date, it's probably not going to be that good a relationship. I, 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 some people have a go at me. I like, you know, you know, I'm quite happy for people to have a go at me. I don't care. But this is a, the analogy is perfect. This whole sex on a first date thing is vitally important. And the the better the engagement you have with a customer, the the more you'll sell to them, the be, the more in love you'll be, or they will be with you. And I, as far as this, you know, data protection issues is concerned, there are a small hoop to jump through. But you know, get over it. That's the way it is. No choice. But, uh, you know, as far as anything else is concerned, it's all an excuse. The evidence is that customers want to be loved. They want to buy more. They want the interaction. They do want smiley faces to deal with. And they want the same person when they return to the shop. So from your point of view, building the relationships, making the relationship different, making the business stand out a little, and all of that becomes really easy. But this is important. So looking at your existing processes, looking at what you're currently doing, won't help you because it's not working like it once once did. You do need to be looking outside of the box, don't particularly like that term, but you need to be considering very carefully what the options are, what's working for everyone else and what you can do. Sitting back with your head in your hand saying, whoa, it's me, it's all going wrong, won't help. But do the exercise I suggested earlier about popping out to go and buy something else. You know, try up market and mid-market. Try a couple of retailers that you perceive as doing better than you. Go and buy something. Go, go and try to buy something. Make some notes on the experience. What can you What can you learn? What can you get back? Was it better? Was it worse? And so the whole thing is, is being able to build on this. What can you do to make the difference? Whatever it is, don't scrap what you're currently doing. Don't stop what you're currently doing. Anything you do differently has to be tested alongside of it. This is a great mistake that I see, see happen with so many so many people, particularly in the sales and business environment, where they say, oh, well, that's not working like it once would. System, that system there, that's rubbish. We're not using that anymore. We don't like it. We're going to run with this. And they scrap the old system in favour of the new system. Well, if the new system doesn't work, you're completely shafted. And I've seen it happen. HMV is a great example of that. You know, new system, boof, 
few months later, a few years later, it's gone to the wall. Uh, okay, there are probably other reasons with HMV, but you know, what you need to be doing is keeping the existing systems running along the line and test the systems alongside of it. And this applies to, to all of your marketing, to AdWords campaigns, it, it applies to everything. If you've currently got something working, do that. Anything else you want to try out is tested alongside it. Vitally important thing. If you do that, if you get that right, I can assure you that things will start to change for you. Meanwhile, of course, if you're having a conversation with any of your customers, ask them. You know, ask them what, what they think, what they think should change, what they would like to see. Have a bloody conversation. Be human. Just be human with your customers. Anyway, uh, a bit of a ranty one this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked this, if it's been helpful, pop over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever uh, you found the podcast from. Leave a review, rate me, and uh, get in touch with me if you think I can help you. More than happy to have a couple of conversations on that. Uh, www.therichardsmith.com forward slash contact. And um, uh, I look forward to the next podcast with you. Thanks very much for hanging around. Thank you.